You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 150 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia, uber photographer extraordinaire. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. 150. We didn't think this through. We should have had champagne for this <laughs> episode. Know. Oh, my God. That's a big deal. It is. We should. Well, oh. we'll definitely have it for the 200th episode. Yeah, for we? sure. For yeah, sure. But we should arrange to be in the same room. Yes. Yes. For that one. Yes, but I I think it was the 100th episode mm. or the New Year's episode. We were in different states. However, yeah, we both worked. downed a bottle of champagne each. But it just meant we drank more, Val. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Maybe 200 we can do that, uh, do a live, like a Facebook live with okay. alcohol. With alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that could work. Um, but all right, this is So You Want to Be a Photographer, not uh, How to Host a Frat Party. And, uh, <laughs> we actually do talk about photography. Um, but what have you been up to, Gina? <laughs> uh, okay, so I have uh, – I did, did a little trip up to Sydney. I didn't get to see you. You were too busy, no. Val, to see no. me. You didn't, it you get, you didn't to get me enough I gave notice. you like three days' notice, didn't I? So mm-hmm. had a trip to Sydney. It was lovely. It was so nice to get some sunshine and um, yes. uh, enjoy that. And then uh, yesterday, Val, the Militia clan celebrated uh-huh. all their birthdays. So what we do is – You're all born uh, at the same time. No, we're uh, across the year. It's because uh, mostly my kids and me travel uh, have travelled a lot in the last year. We were never mm. home for anyone's birthday, so we said let's just have one day and we'll celebrate every birthday. So we did nine birthdays. Um, we had this lunch and it was lovely and it was a buffet, uh, seafood, all you can eat and free-flowing champagne. It was beautiful, Val, oh, so it was very great. nice to hang out. What about you? I see you yeah. – um, uh, broadening your artistic uh, horizons there, <laughs> and I noticed, uh, I think, on your Insta feed, a bit of yeah. finger painting now, Val. Like you're reliving your youth, aren't you? You're going back to kindergarten, mate. Because probably little Valerie, when you were at kindergarten, you were probably playing Mozart on the piano, and you missed the finger painting section. You probably told the teacher that was stupid. I'm not getting my fingers dirty. I'm going to go back to playing Mozart, and now you're doing it. What's going on? Well, it was Bach and Handel, <laughs> not Mozart. God, I'm so sorry. Jeez, I'm ignorant. <laughs> They're my favoured composers. Of course they are. Uh, yes. Mm. Uh, so, um, and <laughs> no, I'm not really finger painting. It's just that when I paint, I do tend to get a lot on my fingers. Mm. Uh, but yes, I've been exploring painting mm. uh, a bit, a little bit uh, more, and also um, I'm very excited because I have found my first stockist for.
for my rope art. Wow. So it's uh, an atelier in Avalon and um, they have agreed to stock um, my macrame and rope art. So I'm very excited about that. On your way, Val, on your way. So I think this time next year you'll be just like, I don't know, too famous, too famous for everyone. There'll be no. a ca- oh, You know what I want to know? What? What? what you know? Because you kind of um, – you're always uh, – I always feel underdressed when I'm around you, probably because I'm usually underdressed most times. <laughs> Like I dress down, and this is uh, not because I get dressed up very much. It's because no, Gina it, wears jeans twenty four seven. Okay, but you do have a more sort of corporate style, wouldn't you say? Well, than you, but that's not hard. Right. Anyone okay, would. So, when you're painting, do you have the corporate painting outfit, or have like I don't think I've ever seen you in jeans. Do you have oh. jeans that you wear for paint? What do you wear when you I, paint? I do have jeans, but no, I just wear whatever I'm wearing at the time, you know. You've got yoga pants, haven't you, for painting? No, but I did buy some yesterday from Lululemon. They're very expensive, so I don't think I will be. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, So I don't think I will be wearing those to paint in. But I was thinking I do need some painting clothes, but I didn't have time to go to Big W or Kmart or Walmart or Walmart, whatever it's called over there. Um, I didn't have time. To get to, to to get there, but I do was thinking I need to get some painting clothes because I'm starting to get paint over all of yeah. my clothes. Yeah. So yes, I will be finding a painting uniform. But good. Of it's course. Good to hear, Val. Can't yes. wait. Uh, I think an Instagram <laughs> photo would be great to see of you in okay. your uh, painting outfit. <laughs> all right. So we have a shout out this week to Ken Bergen. Hello. Yeah. Hey, Ken. Ken. He's awesome. I love Ken. Hi, Ken. <laughs> I know Ken. Um, but Gina picked this shout-out, so do go on, Gina. So Ken sent me a photo, and I think when I saw it, my head exploded. The next thing I wanted to do, the next thing I did was jump online and go, where is this place? He He's found a, an article about a, a bicycle graveyard in China, and it there's this aerial view of this shot of like thousands and thousands and thousands of bikes. Um, so police have rounded up up to 23,000 bikes so far this year and uh, hauled them into over 16 corrals around the city. And so wow. this is an aerial view of all these thousands and thousands of bikes. And he he wrote in the post that I would be sad to see the bike graveyard, but it actually actually made me very happy. I thought it was the most beautiful sight I've ever seen of all these beautiful bikes in one spot. I want to go there so badly. So in case any new listeners are wondering why Gina is waxing lyrical about bikes, she has a thing for bikes in the same way as she has a thing for redheads, in the same way as she has a thing for, well, you know, you get the idea. But basically... Gina, when she sees bikes, she feels compelled to photograph them and she gets yeah. ridiculously excited about bikes. They're beautiful, mm. Valerie. They they just – this is the most – beautiful thing I've ever seen. So thank you, Ken, for sharing that. Uh, that gave me so much joy. You have no idea. It's just a beautiful <laughs> shot. Yes, thank you, Ken, and hopefully I will see you soon. 
So before we move on to this week's topic, I wanted to remind everyone that Gina's new course, How to Master the Magic of Manual Mode and Get Off Auto Forever, is launching any minute now. And I am super excited by it because this course, it's this course. I've always learned lots from Gina. And um, I think through, I've learned lots about posing just through working with Gina for so many years. But um, it's this course that has really, really transformed my technical understanding of photography. And I love it because it is literally what it's called, master the magic of manual mode and get off auto forever. Because I was using auto or aperture priority for a very long time. And it's only because of this course, I ha- I'm now using manual 100% and I love it. So if you want to find out more, go to ginamilitia.com slash manual. Make sure that you register your interest before it launches because then you'll get a very, very special pre-launch price. And trust me, you will want this course because it will totally transform your photography. So um, yeah, check it out. ginamilitia.com slash manual. So Gina, Mm. This this week's episode, we're actually having a chat with someone. Mm-hmm. Do tell. So, uh, Billy Plummer is a London-born and Sydney-based photographer, and I first found out about his photography from Christina Force, who I interviewed uh, a few weeks back on the podcast, and yeah. she listed Billy as one of the photographers that she found inspiring. And I checked out his work and got in touch with him, and uh, we did an interview. His stuff blew me away it's just um his style is um really really cool and uh, it's mostly uh, people that he photographs and what I love about Billy's work is he's coming to photography uh, quite late in life so uh, I think he, he he started out as a photographer kind of in his 40s uh and wow. but he yeah but he was originally get this he was a creative uh, a director and an art director in some of the top advertising agencies in the UK and then when he came out to Australia he worked part-time uh for some agencies and then he transitioned to become a photographer so it's kind of like when an actor becomes a director it's like he's already uh knows what it's like to be an actor and and then to direct, you're kind of even better. So Billy, uh, you, you can see his images are really strong and it does have that they do have that slight advertising bent to it. But the thing I love about Billy's work is how many personal projects he does. Now, a lot of photographers, like mm. he, he's got some, some big top end of town clients that he's shooting for, but that doesn't mean that he's going to sit back and rest on that and just shoot the paid gigs he is forever out there shooting personal projects and it is his personal projects that really get him noticed uh so much so that like he will be approached by advertising agencies that have seen his personal projects and and thought well how can we use these in our campaign so there's that that combination of uh coming from that world of advertising and bringing it in his into his photography and then being um a photographer 24-7 so he's always mm. thinking about the next personal project and not just doing like a couple of shots he's got all these ongoing series that he's working on so um, he was very generous with his information 
when I sat down and had a chat and I think you can hear uh, in the interview how into it I got and uh, it, it just uh, like I, I was just uh, so intrigued by his technique, the type of lenses he, he works with, how he does his shoots and how he combines that, that sort of art director thinking uh, with the shoots. So there are a lot of takeaways, even if you're uh, not thinking about working in advertising, there's a lot of takeaways, but he's also self-taught Val, which is uh, uh, amazing wow. as well. Yeah. Uh, for, for any photographer, whether they, like I asked him what art directors look for when they look in a portfolio and, um, you know, how important it is to shoot personal projects. And this, uh, Billy's work is proof that uh, great things come to photographers who really go out there and shoot just because it's so important. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited to uh, share this interview. Lots of great stuff in there. All right, let's listen to Billy Plummer. G'day, Billy. How's it going? Good, thanks. Thanks for joining me today. I'm really excited to chat to you. I think uh, the stuff that you're doing is brilliant. So I'm really excited to uh, dig in and uh, find out about your background. Before we start, um, where in the world are you today? I'm in Sydney. I'm in, Sydney. in my uh, yeah. I'm in my front room, freezing. Fat- yeah, well, no, now listen, I was in Sydney uh, just this week and uh, you were, were all the Sydney siders were complaining. But, it, look, listen, Melbourne is cold. Sydney, oh, no, it's kind of no. mild up there, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's freezing. I'm freezing. I've got, I've got a nice electric blanket on, Gina. Oh, oh really? <laughs> and, I, I, I love the uh, Aussie accent. It's not – so where are you from originally? Because that's – I speak like an Australian. You sound a bit more polished than I do, which, which it has oh. either one of two effects. I can either rise to your level or actually the um, – the rebel in me makes me even more of a bogan whenever I'm around oh, someone I'm, who I'm, has a I'm, nice I'm, way of speaking. I'm from East London. I think uh, I'm, I'm probably the, uh, the, the, the the English version of a bogan. All oh, right. Okay. Well, then there's two bogans <laughs> having a chat today. That's kind of nice. Um, Billy, let's. Uh, like, I think your story is fascinating. How you um, kind of sea changed. Uh, into a career in photography. So do you want to just run through just quickly how you went from being uh, is it a create? you were a, an art director first, then you became a creative director and then? Yeah, and then I became a photographer. So yeah. do you want to just share uh, briefly that story of how that happened and what that um, looked like? But yeah, I kind of think it's quite strange that people think it's strange or, or, in, or unusual to, uh, to my mind. Look, I, it's not like I was uh, a milkman becoming a helicopter pilot. Do you know what I mean? Fair enough. I, yeah. I, I, I went from being a, a working with. As a, I've been on endless shoots with some of the best photographers on the planet in the UK and in yeah. Europe and and uh, in Sydney, and um, you know I've got a background as being a photographer in the UK a little as well. Yeah. So. Um, when it came to being a photographer, uh, for my mind, to my mind, it, it felt like a, a logical step rather than a, a massive kind of change. So, how many years were you working um, 
in the advertising industry before you made that transition over to being a photographer and like how quickly was that transition did you just like one day wake up and and like knock someone off the set and just say give me the camera (laughs) let me show you how it's done I'm so frustrated behind the scenes this this is what I want the shot to look like or was it a gradual sort of thing that you eased into no, I was all. I was always a photographer. I was always. I, I kind of didn't realise it, but I was always a photographer. I, I always. I've always taken pictures since I was very, very young. Right. Uh, so, okay. So you. So you um, did photography at, at school, or as you yeah. were growing up, you were always taking well, shots. But this is yeah. next level. And and I had a folio, and I'd always ask photographers all the questions. You know, I didn't just say what you're doing. I'd say why are you doing it. Ah, oh, excellent. Uh, you know, and I'd, uh, I'd I'd learn how to change slides in the dark room, and I'd, I'd you know I didn't assist, but I, I wanted to know everything. You right. know, and I had to draw all the setups. You know. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, so you'd ask them to tell you where they put their lights, and but and interestingly, not so you never asked how how you did it. You asked why. As well, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. No, and it really helped. It really helped me, and and. Um, I built up a folio myself, yeah, uh, and I had great people to critique it, and um, yeah, I, I, some of my friends would commission me. Luckily, yeah, and um, yeah, I kind of went from there, really. So, how many years were you doing that for before you then went started saying, "Well, hang on, I think I've got something here. I can, I can." maybe make a living or have a go at being a photographer and and was there a day when you just said I'm just a photographer now or like how did you how did that look how did you ease yourself into uh not being an art director or creative director to being a photographer I started getting I started uh, I went to I started off as a I started I knocked everything on the head in advertising and I said right I'm going to be a photographer as in, so we're not talking then, like then, a small a agency. Year, then within a year, I had no money at all. <laughs> well, after a year, so I, so, you, I, I, so I got a job in uh, in China in, in in a Saatchi agency in China, right? And I saved up some money, and I came came back to Australia, and I got a job, an agency that let me have two or three days a week flexible, right? And, and I, I basically I had a backbone of money. Fantastic. You know, so, so I was able to do to, to to get photographic work, and then I was really lucky in that very quickly I got an agent uh, uh, here in Australia or in the in yes, the UK in, here in Australia. Australia. Yeah, and then um, once I had an agent um, for a little while, it was all balancing out really perfect. You know, yeah. And, and then it got to the stage where I'm going to let someone down now. If I, you know, I'll, I'll have a big pitch and a big shoot on the same day. And uh, and uh, a couple of times I I remember going in to see an agency and uh, about about uh, a photographic job. Yeah. And, uh, the MD who I knew said, "Oh, you know," he said, "You're taking more work from us." And I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "Well, you beat us in a pitch the other day." And I'm like, "Oh, oh, it's getting <laughs> yeah, it's kind of getting diff- difficult." So yeah, um, you know, I kind of eased off on the. I gradually walked out of the advertising room backwards, right? Quietly, uh, right? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and um, uh, and what I did think was a backbone. 
to my business was actually a barrier to it growing, to be honest. Uh, um, since I've left, I don't know why I didn't leave leave earlier. Well, it's uh, like security, isn't it? You need to – like it's, it's always that last little bit that we hang on to and it's either – is it uh, the fear of success or the fear of failure? So- I think it's the, I, with me. It's different. I think it's the fear of just being on my own at home. <laughs> you, so yeah, you know, so t- being a photographer is a solitary. It is it's quite a solitary business, you know. And I've I've grown up with kind of looking about with advertising people my whole life, and it's fantastic working with bunches of people. And um, you know, at home, working it's on just you. It's just you, and you can second guess yourself, and and so on. And you have to. I, I very quickly had to learn to work a new way. You know, um, I first started off. You know, processing all my pictures with Iggy Pop blasting out. Yeah. Uh, and and now I've learned classical music is much better, and these <laughs> these things make a massive difference. Yeah. You know. Um, the Iggy Pop thing, I, I, I ended up spending a whole day processing images, but I realised that the brightness on my screen was turned down to halfway, so I had to redo them all again. It's <laughs> <laughs> all too bright. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, you can't, you, you, you have to, you, it took me a long time to learn how to work on my own and, and, and discipline myself and uh, so on. So, so, so that, that, that's been the biggest difference for me. <laughs> Um, but I do like now when I hang out with creative people, I hang out with them in a very social yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Which, uh, uh, so, yeah. So just going back to that, um, the early days when you were working in advertising. So you, um, I'm just taking a guess here, guess here, Billy, but like you were working in advertising in the, um, in the late 80s. Uh, during the working. the era was... of the long lunch, <laughs> correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah, which has gone away now. I, I can. I was an assistant in those days, and I can remember the shoots looked like something we'd rock up very early. We'd shoot for a few hours, and sometime around twelve o'clock, the client would take everyone out on on set oh, yeah. out to lunch, and lunch would usually wrap around three or four o'clock. It was usually three or four hours, and all sorts of things were. Um, taken during those three or four hours and then everyone would stagger back to the studio and we'd probably keep shooting till maybe 11 10 11 o'clock is uh is that sort of the same experience yeah in in london it's very similar i mean look um i sort of show my age here but when i when i first started and look it's a great discipline we used to shoot on film we'd shoot on everything was shot on film yeah and um you'd shoot tests till Maybe half past twelve, eleven, you know, twelve. Yeah. And then send the clip tests off. Yeah. To the lab. Yeah. And they wouldn't be back for another two hours. Yeah. Uh, and those two hours, you'd go to the pub for yeah. sure. <laughs> Um, and then when they came back, you knew what it was all going to look like, so you yeah. could shoot with impunity. Exactly. Um, yeah. Ex- so, exactly. So, so we kind of work like that. That's that's all changed now. It's all gone away, sadly. So, um, so obviously during that time, you worked for some um, big agencies and big names, and you had that sort of uh, support group around you, like you know, yeah, a lot of second opinions and a lot of inspirational people, you know, with with uh, ideas that you thought were idiotic, and then you know you'd be at home lying in your bath, and you'd go, oh, that was genius. I've just suddenly realised what right. he was talking. About and I wasn't listening properly, right. you know. Um, yeah, so so 
I, I still like to hang out with uh, creative people, especially young ones. You yeah. know, really, yeah. really new young people. Yeah. Same with assistants. I'd I'd rather use an assistant if possible, and if you had any gumption, you know, assistants that are kind of very new, that are just straight out with new ideas. You know, yeah. Uh, rather than the, rather than the same old suspects. You know, but, well, I like to mix them up a bit as well, but I think that like everything, everyone's got something to offer you. So you 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 you're coming out of that um, uh, working as an art director and a creative director. You you sound like you've had like one of the best uh, photographic educations in the world. But was there any um, formal training that you did on the road to? Um, Going out on your own? Did you yeah. do any yeah. courses or? Yeah, I, I went to London College of Printing for quite. Uh, I did almost every course they did. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did. I did all their typography courses as well, and so on. Yeah, I, 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 um, London College of Printing is a fantastic place. They get they get not as well as having teachers. They'd have real photographers come in and talk. Right. But to my mind, and, and, and I'd learn the theory and then I'd be on set and I'd sort of, are you doing that because this? And, it's, and it basically would back up what I'd learned, but yeah. on set with a really, you know, high-end photographer. Fantastic. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, I, I can mean, remember, like, I did a, um, a teaching course and that was my photography training because I always thought I'd be a teacher as backup to being, if I couldn't make it as an artist. And I was very young when I went to college and it was completely wasted on me because I was too young and I did spend most of my time uh, either playing pool at the pub or drinking at the pub. So what, when you come in as a – like did you go – did you do your training as a mature age student rather than being a, like a, a young kid? Yeah, I think so. They were all evening courses, to be honest. Yeah. Everything I did was an evening course. So, but do you think going think in I, later is is a, is a, it's almost better because you appreciate the education that's being given to you, or like what? Um, I don't know. I, I kind of, if we're talking about people that want to be a photographer, yeah, I think everybody's approach into it is going to be different. Mm. Um, but. I don't think you need to go to college at all. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> I, 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 you know, lots of people have never been to college. Lots of yeah. endless self-taught photographers. I think I'm a, yeah. I'm a, I think I'm a self-taught photographer. Or yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a complete sponge. I've, I've watched and I've, and, and uh, I've, I've nicked and I've mixed and I've, um, I've learned that way. All right. So, um, you think it's better to be a self-taught photographer? Billy, I, I don't know. Think it's better. I don't think it's better or worse. I think, in the end, it's better to take great pictures. You know, and um, it's a bit like fishing. You know, if you, no one <laughs> sees, no one sees your fishing rod, or no one sees how good an angler you are, or how well you cast a fly. Yeah. I mean, they, they they just see the fish you caught. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just- and the, and the fish don't know the difference. It's like it's like um, your gear, your equipment. Yeah. So, so are, you, are you a gearophile? Do you love the gear no, or is it all about no, the gear? No, no. I, I, it, you need to know your gear and you need to know what it can do, but especially on set, you need to – your assistants 
need to know your gear. I need to know what, what I can do with it and what's going to happen on the set. And I need to talk to, I need to get what the client wants. Right. You know, if I'm doing my personal work, I'm all over the gear. Yeah. And I'm over what I can do with it and changing things and, and trying new things out. But on, on, on a, on set, it's for my, I, I think your assistants deal with the gear. I deal with the shoot, you know? So you're focusing on the person and you want you want the assistant to be focusing on uh, making sure that everything on set is working for you. Is, it, is yeah. that how you do it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, right. Yeah. My, my, very much so. I thought, I, yeah. But we're, we're get, getting into photography, though. I don't really don't think it matters if what, what training you've had. That's the great thing about it. The pictures are the great leveller. You know, you can have the best gear, the best training, and uh, rubbish pictures very easily. And I've seen a lot of photographers that have got not very good gear mm. and not very much training, but their pictures are awesome. Absolutely it's all, awesome. It, so so uh, I think the thing, the biggest thing is the will, you know, keep doing yep. it, keep doing it, keep doing it. People that take pictures without wanting to be paid for it are photographers. I I totally agree. It's the ones that the, that just like they can't sleep until they go out and they get that shot. And again, it's not the how, it's the why that drives them. Um, all right, so I've got your um, website up in front of me, Billy, and um, I I love your work so much. There's so much um, energy. And they're so unique and you really capture people in a different way. And I can like looking at the images, you can, you can see um, the advertising background that's coming through in, in those images. Like you, you're really selling that the images sell themselves. Like they don't need uh, any of the text. They just, they're so strong. They really like larger than life is how I describe them. They really jump off the page. Um, if I was to describe, like you know, when uh, an actor becomes a director, that they're, they're just great directors because they know what it's like on the other side. Is is that is that how it feels like to be a, a photographer who's come from that background in advertising? Um, yes, but but no, because I I kind of don't. I've, because I have come from that background, it mm. feels like that's the way I've done it and that's the only way I know that I've done it. You know, it's the only way I know in, in terms of... I think I grew up looking at pictures and I grew up shooting pictures of models and celebs as an art director. Yeah. You know, and very much I kind of thought I'd much rather have all this gear, all this time, all this energy photographing i'd see homeless people and think what a face i want to shoot him but in a in a studio you right know? and make it look good <laughs> yeah i think ordinary i've got this big thing about ordinary when explored and when looked at is absolutely extraordinary and um, i like to bring a little bit of that to my work i i, I feel like i can get to ordinary yeah uh, but make it but you know when it's Who's that photographer who said, um, I photograph the world to see how it looks when you photograph it? I don't know. I'll have to look it up. Eggleston. I think oh, it that. sounds like a great quote. Yeah. yeah. The reason he takes pictures is to see how the world looks when, it, when it's been photographed. 
That's I beautiful. wanted to see how the, the world outside of advertising looked when you photograph it in an advertising style. So just back you to know, that. Or with that sensibility, you know. Back to that, back to your background. I know I keep coming back to it, but it's uh, it, it, it just intrigues me. So um, when I uh, – my first language was Italian. My parents only spoke to me in Italian. And then at five years old, I only started – I started to speak English and only spoke English until later in life. When I go back to Italy, it takes me about a week and I start thinking in Italian all right, because my the first thing I was taught was Italian and the next was English. Now, you as a photographer started as an art director or are you going to tell me that you started as a photographer? When you're on set, is your art director's cap on? Is it your photographer's cap that you're thinking with no. or is it a combination of both? Who, it, what, what's it, got the strongest pull? It's my photographer's cap. And it's do you think it was always the photographer's cap that was speaking? So even when you were an art director, were you seeing the image as a photographer? Because there is a difference. Yes, yeah. Look, I kind of – I have had a period where I've struggled with that. You know, yep. I'll do, I do some personal work and I'll be halfway through it in a studio and I'll be thinking, this isn't personal work, this is a test. You know, this, you know, there's big differences. Yes, yes. And, and, and I'm shooting this thinking this is, this is they're going to love this in ad agencies. And, and then, then you I'm know thinking, you've done something wrong. I, is that what you think? I, what am I doing here? I'm, right. I'm shooting something to try and impress people to make it look like advertising. Yes. No, you know, I don't want to do that anymore. I, I do struggle with that. You know, it's a big thing, you know, looking at – you know what is personal work. You know, and what, what is it that what is it that uh, you see in the image that uh, you know it's no longer a personal uh, project and it becomes uh, a pitch. What what is it that you see? <laughs> well, sometimes you know. Well, really, it's that like I like it and it's got some kind of added cachet to mm. it. You know, it's not, it, and, and there's something behind it that I either believe in or or have always wanted to try or it's got some kind something that's progressive in it yeah you know there's there's something progressive in it that that i've um i've found a couple of different things inspiring and i've mixed together yep and oh that's new (laughs) you know and i really like that that's me and you know i i I always loved when i was an art director seeing photographers folios and you get these jobs where there's a job to do and you get three folios the art buyer will show you three folios and you go yeah they could all do it yeah and and then it's about price right yeah and 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 then you'd then you'd you'd see folios and you'd kind of think oh i don't know what i'm going to use him for but i'm going to look for an excuse to use him or i'm going to find oh interesting or, so, or, 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 or I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna build a job around that guy. Or, or oh, really? Something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, yeah, definitely. And and um, I kind of thought I want to be like that. That's what I want my folio to be like. I want people to look at my work and go, oh, I don't know what I'm going to use him for. Or I wonder what it'd be like if he shot this or shot that. You know. And you know, one in five of the jobs I get are. I feel like saying to them, what did you, why did you, I don't say it till after the shoot, but yeah. I feel like saying to them, what did you, why did you choose me to shoot this? Hmm. And um, 
I kind of get variations of I just wanted to see what it would look like if you shot it. And nice, I'm like, that's beautiful. Bingo, that's that's that's, that's what you that's want. Where I, that's where I want to be. Yeah. So uh, this is interesting because, like, here you are as when you were an emerging photographer, having all the knowledge of, like, as an art director and a creative director, you would have seen all those folios coming in, like hundreds, you know, yeah. all the time. What stood out? What what was the one or two things that you noticed in the folios that we can pass on to the listeners at home? What are the things that that make a photographer stand out in a folio? What, what do you notice the most? I, I think that's really easy to answer. I think it's something that um, – I think it's like a Colonel Sanders secret recipe. You know, there's a reason Kentucky Fried Chicken's going, still going. It's because yeah. only then – you know, if you feel like a Kentucky, it's only a Kentucky that can do Kentucky. Uh-huh. And, yeah. and, uh, so you see photographers' books and only them do that. Do you know what I mean? Only them make it feel like that. Okay, so so, so the so photographers that are out there putting together a folio that they think, I'll oh, put this photo in because that's what everyone else is doing, are probably doing themselves a disservice. Do you, do you, do you agree? Um, they're not. They will get work. Of course they yep. will. But, they, yep. but they'll, there'll be other photographers that can do the same work. And yep. if you've got four people that can fix a car in exactly the same way, mm. you're going to go with the cheapest, right? Right. <laughs> you know, you, you, really, if, if they you, if are they doing something that only that that people can only get that from them, right? I think is a good question to ask. Right. Well, what part of their style? What part of their their work? is is something that's very particular to them right i think is a good question to ask yourself all right well on on that note let's have a look at the stuff that's particular to you in your so billyplumber.com uh is where the magic happens and uh you've got some really intriguing uh images here and they they really do stand out as being uniquely yours uh now there's one that you mentioned that i i I can't interview and not talk about it and uh you call it your um it's your if you were the rolling stones it'd be your satisfaction is that right and that's the commonwealth (laughs) the commonwealth uh bank campaign uh that you shot for m and c sachi and again uh guys if you can uh pull over or you get a chance after the the you've listened to this podcast go online and check out uh billy's work so these are a really cool uh images and they're and they're so beautifully lit and i was looking at them going how do you like these? They're like so crisp and hard. It's daylight, right? You told me. Yeah, <laughs> Not because I yeah. guessed. But so you used a daylight studio and uh, and and the editing's really cool, but it's also the way uh, you've directed the models. How like there are there there's several kinds of photographers. There's ones that are really hand on and really direct a lot. There's ones that stand back and let the model do it for themselves. How how hands on are you um, with your direction? Hello. Yeah, Billy, are you there? Yes. Sorry. Yeah. So how how hands on are you with your direction? Yeah, I I I, uh, I like to think directing is the biggest thing yep. with people. I think you've got to get a one-on-one makes two, really. Yep. You know, you direct people, right? And you've got some kind of lighting, Colonel Sanders' secret recipe. You've got a, you've got something that becomes, you know, a, a one-off-ish. That, that, those combank stuff, as you say, it's like my satisfaction. People yep. do, you know, if I 
people want me to i get a lot of um portraiture work yeah but, um that was quite a high profile campaign and it yeah. won a lot of awards yeah and, you know uh, but i'm so pleased because it's just like some of my personal work yes and, it is and, uh, 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 yes uh, uh, it's shot in a park with lots of scrims and, um, you know. Lo- oh, you did it outside. Well, yeah, I thought yeah. when you said daylight studio, I thought you'd hired a daylight <laughs> studio that had lots of windows. You've actually oh. shot this outside and scrimmed it. Yes. Brilliant. Yeah. It's all shot outside in really harsh summer sunshine and it yeah. really bores into the faces. I think you can it see It does. That. You can. Yeah. Like the yeah. highlights are amazing. Yeah, um, the, sun, the sun is the key light. So you've got you've got like the hard uh, the hard light, but then you've uh, you've balanced that with it like quite a bit of fill to open up the shadows quite oh, a yeah. lot. But they're still yeah. there. But that's what gives it the uh, the crispness. Yeah. Beautiful. It's, yeah, yeah. And I did. I did, the, the art director. Thank you very much. The art director saw some personal work of mine. Yeah. That, that I shot of fifties um, people. Yeah. Uh, and and homeless people that are yeah. shot in a similar style. Yeah. And he said, I love this. I love this. Can you shoot some real people like this? And I said, yeah. And look, all those people as well as, you know, being interested, they're interesting because they're real people. They're all street cast. Really? Uh, uh, yeah, none of them are models. Jeez. Uh, and I think that's an important thing as well, you know. If you get a lot of ad agencies, I can remember doing this, sitting around the table, looking through model books, looking for people that look the most real and the most natural. Yeah, you yeah, know? and you and certainly it, do. They're real. Uh, they're all real characters, but you've managed to but, but, somehow uh, bring uh, out more character in them, but, which but, is but quite don't you a think gift. That's ridiculous, sitting there looking through model books, looking for natural people. I, I think yeah. out there on the street, you know, if you can. I, I'd I'd rather shoot street talent if, if oh, I'd if, rather I, I I don't like working with models. I I feel like I have to slap the model out of them because they go exactly. into this pose and they they know their good side. I'm like, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> don't don't it, do that. <laughs> I, I think I, I you know I, there's a sort of lesson. I learned the lesson that you've got to keep on, keep on, keep on. If people aren't buying it, but you like it, you keep on, you keep on. Yeah, and I think that in the zeitgeist we want real people has come round and suddenly oh Billy was doing that ages ago you know yeah 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 uh, you know uh, uh, I love the idea of glorifying like you know making real people iconic looking yeah yeah you know, I, I agree uh, 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 that, that's that's my thing if I, if I could do if I could shoot anything <laughs> for the rest of my life I, if, if I had to shoot one thing it would be ordinary people yeah you know, and uh, there's there's another beautiful series that you're doing a um a, a blog series on where you're uh, photographing real people and you're asking them about their dreams and it's like an image of the person and next to next to the image is the person's uh, you photograph the person's handwriting describing their dream and these these images are also beautiful now do you bring them to your studio or are you setting something up on location and going to them with these shots? How, no, how... I, I set up somewhere where I know there's going to be a lot of people and a lot of interesting people if possible. And so you make your own little makeshift studio and, uh, and get yeah. them in front of the camera and it looks like you're lighting every, every shot. It looks like um, it's either doesn't look crisp enough for beauty dish. It's like a soft box, little um, 
It's a, well, there's soft boxes. There's a, in some of them there's a kind of gridded yep. reflector above yep. them. Yep. Uh, and there's probably an octa. And uh, it, is that the cool. 85 that you're using for to shoot those with? What's your preferred lens? Have you got a go-to lens, or it just yes. depends on the person? <laughs> uh, with a person, usually it's a standard lens. Yeah, you so know, like a 50? Like a standard lens, yeah, yeah, or the equivalent of that in medium. So you're sport. right up in their face? Yeah. You're right up in their space, really? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, I, I think... I think uh, it's how you see, it's what you see is what you get, and I think yep. if you if you want to get an intimate portrait, show it like you see, like you know, in the same way as you see somebody. You, well, you it's know. the equivalent of standing in front of them, isn't it? You, you'd be yeah. like a little bit closer. I guess that's why you get that sort of. I don't know. It's not attention, but I do feel like you are in their space. It, it it's interesting because I'm trying to work out how you created these images that are so intimate yet. It doesn't feel like it's shot on a long lens. It doesn't have that look. It's because you, it, you're I so close. Bit, yeah, I, I remember. Was it Robert Kappa? If you're not close enough, yeah, it's not it's good not, enough. Yeah, if uh, it's not good called, enough, it, you're not close enough. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I took that. I don't think he was talking about portraiture, but I kind of you took, took that, that. And, <laughs> and thought, right, I'll walk right up to someone, you know, so, and. So, and, and so that's a beautiful idea, and this this yeah. is an ongoing project you got going with that. So you're out there, and this is like just stuff that you're doing in your own time. I mean, like I'm looking at your folio, and it it like it doesn't look like there's a shortage of clients for you. And I know, like I've been in this trap before, where the work just rolls up. You, you're working all the time, and if you've got spare time, you. you, you like because you're tired you don't want to shoot but it appears to me that you are just like when you have spare time you want to be out there shooting and it's uh, it feels to me like it's more important than anything that you continue to express yourself through your personal projects and looking at your folio like it could have all been filled up with uh advertising tears but like I almost see 75% of it. Like you've got some uh, top shelf clients in there, no question, but you've really filled your folio with your personal work. And uh, that to me, I love what you do for the clients, but it's your personal work that really stands out to me. And it it shows, well, it's a, a credit to you as a photographer to want to continue to, uh, keep upping the ante and showing everyone, um, how it can be done. And I think like you were, t- you were telling me a story about one of your personal projects. Do you want to share that like just before we came on air? Which one? <laughs> uh, the one uh, you, were, you were saying how a client approached you based on one of the personal projects that you've done and had, had wanted to do something with that, with that project. Uh, there's one in there. It's a, a heap of boxes. I, I, I wanted to, I'm, 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 I was very interested in, you know Richard Avedon yep. and uh, Irving Penn. They're two yep. of my favourite, favourite photographers. Yep. And not their commercial work, their personal work. I think, like me, they kind of got fed up of shooting. Well, it's a luxury, but they got fed up of shooting. You know, Irving Penn got fed up of shooting Truman Capote and yeah. Alfred Hitchcock and yeah. um, what a thing to get sick of shooting. In his, in his natural yeah. light studio, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. went out and. Um, it, he took his natural light studio to, you know, Papua New Guinea and yeah. built in the jungle, and he 
brought people out of the jungle that had never seen uh, a white man before kind of thing yeah. and sat them in a studio and shoot them in, shot them in the same conditions that he would have shot Audrey Hepburn in, you know? And, yeah. and I kind of looked at that. I kind of relate to that. You know, I spent a yeah. long time in a studio putting foundation on, you know, rugby players and then photographing them and to, yeah, to make them look rough. To, to me, yeah, that, 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 that there's uh, it's it's going about it a little bit the wrong way. And, and yeah. I kind of thought, well, you know, I'd, I love I love uh, pugilism. I love the whole thing about fighting. I think it's really interesting. That's I think very it's manly. A, a great, I have to say, no, as I'm scrolling no, through. No, I, just, I, I just love the imagery of it. It's really yeah. visceral and, and and strong and so on. And and uh, you can't do that in a studio. Yeah. Uh, but what happens if you bring a studio to the location? Yeah. And I basically built a studio in a Australian Mai Tai Championships changing right. room. So Mai Tai is uh, a type of uh, boxing, is it? Yes, it's uh, Thai martial art. So Valerie, my co-host, is a, is a, a kickboxer. She trains what she likes yeah. to believe she is, so she'll be well, into these images totally. <laughs> Kickboxing. It is kickboxing. Yeah, yeah. But very hardcore kickboxing. And um, yeah, it's not it's not what you do at a gym. Yeah. But uh, these guys will go and kick ten tons of whatever out of each other. Yeah, because they've all got rounds. black eyes. They've all had the absolute crap beaten out of them, haven't well, they? And it's like you got them post fight, didn't you? Walk, walk, yeah, they've literally walked straight out of the ring. Yeah, a studio. Yeah, uh, you can't do that in a studio. <laughs> no, no, that's real sweat. You've got real sweat coming down their face, and no uh, matter how good the makeup artist is, they're not going to be able to create a and, black and, eye. Uh, <laughs> and you know what? I haven't directed any of them. I've yeah. just said, could you just stand there, look at the camera? A lot of them don't know where they are, but it makes for great drama. Oh, you it know? so <laughs> does. There's and, one guy um, that's crying. Is that real? T- he just like he yeah. got beaten up. He lost. <laughs> Did you yeah, care? I think- I, 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 I won't say in there who won and who lost. I think that's the thing. You look at them and uh, you try and oh, guess. Or you can tell by the body yeah. language. some of them that yeah. are standing there going, how good am I? How good am I? And then I there's know, other ones some... like the tears. and yeah. uh, It's incredible. So uh, there's, there's a series of like, you know, 20 plus images here. You've got, did you, they're all a different color background. Did you have like one uh, base color and then did you tint them all in post? No, I had a paper roll and two very energetic assistants. We, we, we had a, we just changed the paper rolls in the background. You got like 20 different colors here, Billy. No, there's about four. There's right. Oh, okay. But, so you just but, kept changing depending on. Like well, how you felt four or five times. Yeah, but but I've kind of mixed them up in the in the series there just to give it a kind of nice fairground kind of feeling. Yeah, yeah. And it it like the lighting. It doesn't look overlit. It looks very almost natural. What sort of uh, what sort of lighting did you use for there, that? There's a, uh, I like using octaves. Yep. Up, up in the air. Up high. Yeah. Three quarters. Yeah. I read. I read a thing about uh, Velazquez, he's a Spanish painter. Yeah. And I love the way his paintings uh, feel and are lit. Yep. Yep. And he has uh, a holy light. He calls it a holy light. A holy light. Interesting. Which is, uh, up and uh, three quarters to the right, and behind yep. as a window light, which yep. gives uh, like a little rim on the shoulder around the yep. side of the face. Um. I, I, I use I use variations of that quite a lot, right? Um, 
uh, I used that in my dream series, and I used it in the those with those boxes a little, but but except I brought the window light around to the side and I put a gel on it, so that there's a little bit of colour in some of those shadows. Yeah, yeah, oh. you can see that. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's all a brilliant, uh, Billy. I like everything, and there's uh, there's some travel stuff. Like you could actually go on your site and uh, be entertained for a few hours there. So um, it's all brilliant. So um, is there anything that I might have missed? I mean, I could speak to you for another four hours, but like well, well, I'm not yeah, allowed to make the podcast that long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I tend to bang on to a bit. Oh, look, there's, there's lots in there. I think hopefully. Oh, look, yeah. that's the idea. I wanted to have a website that felt a little bit eclectic. A little yeah. Bit well oh, that's into all oh, a little like a, 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 a you know like you like an advent calendar you open yeah like a little lucky calendar. dip you don't know what yeah. you get and it is it's yeah. uh but but it all feels uh like like you uh particularly when you um when you look at the personal work and um you know uh, i think my hat's off to you because it's like you you've shown that um being you and being real in your photography, it just keeps attracting, you know, other amazing work. So I think that's um, good advice to all the listeners. So uh, I'll, ke- I'll keep uh, looking out for your stuff uh, and seeing what's news. And I thank you very much for uh, joining us on the podcast today. Oh, thanks, Dean. I enjoyed it. All right. There you go. That was a great interview, Gina. Thanks for doing that. Val, yeah, I really enjoyed chatting to Billy. He's amazing. And I think one of the interesting things that, you know, he does have that background as an art director, which is obviously very, very useful as well. And I think that that is interesting for other photographers. Think about the people who are your clients, whether they're art directors or fashion editors or or whoever, and try and get into their head. You may not want to be an art director. You may not want to be a fashion editor just to get into their heads, but talk to as many as you can or or don't just read about profiles about photographers. Read profiles about fashion editors mm. and art directors and, and, you know, if your client is usually the marketing person in a, in a global multinational or whatever, try and find out more about their job and their role because that really helps feed into understanding their decision-making process. Mm. And I think um, I think that it really makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm reminded of um, Carlotta Moy is a mm. fantastic is a fantastic fashion photographer uh, based out of um, Sydney and has done major fashion campaigns as well as um, very successful editorial campaigns. And she actually started off as a fashion editor. So she knew what a fashion fashion editor wanted and therefore she knew the kind of pictures to produce in order to, you know, kick the right goals. So definitely try and get into the mind of whoever it is your potential client is going to be as well because, you know, you probably don't want to necessarily – you be be an art director or be a fashion editor or be a marketing professional or or be a wedding planner or whoever mm. it is that engages you but i'm just having a look at billy's website which you can have a look at billyplumber.com. That's mm. P-L-U-M-M-E-R.com. And there's so many great shots in there. And the one yeah. that drew me, the ones that drew <laughs> me in, I'm sure you, you know, you don't even need to guess, is there seems to be this series of boxing shots. Now, yeah. he's written here, he's called, he's called it Beaten, A War mm-hmm. in the North, straight out of the Ring Studio Reportage 
changing room portraits at Muay Thai championships. Yeah. Winner or loser, all beaten to some degree because they are all coming straight off a bout yeah. and they look bruised, sweaty, black eyes, worse for wear. Some look down, some look angry, some look um, euphoric. Yeah. And they're all Muay Thai boxers who have who have just done their thing and it's such a powerful series it is. It is. of shots. It's just amazing. You can you can see that something in, in all of their eyes, something's just happened. I don't know yes. what's just happened, but that's what he's captured. The fact that something's just happened and it was pretty momentous and he's just really, really captured that. And I, I absolutely love this series of shots because as you know, I'm a bit yeah, partial right, to yeah, a bit yeah. of boxing. You're a bit of a cage boxer yourself, but that's the thing uh, that really stands out. It's so there's something that you can't quite put your finger on when you look at his images. There's energy in all of them. Like it's a moment, and like even if they look static, even they're just still straight at the camera. There's something about it. Yeah, there's a there's a tension, and you feel that. And and the majority of the shots that he does, they're real people as models. And this is definitely a trend as we move forward in photography. I see that uh, using uh, real models is something that's being phased out because everyone in advertising wants uh, their their um, ads to look real. So Mm. so they're looking for real quirky looking people and so uh, if you're a photographer and and so back in the day a photographer would hire a model and rely on the model to bring it to the shot Mm, nowadays we're using real people and it's the job of the photographer to bring something out of the model so it's 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 getting and and that's the look and that's what he captures and that's you know when he's spending so much time working on all these personal projects that he's doing and it's paying Mm. off big time for him and and it's just like i think uh really do yourselves a favor and check out his work because i think it's very inspiring i think there's something to be um, learnt by everyone by just checking out this work. Very inspiring stuff. Yeah, really good. So we hope you've enjoyed the interview with Billy Plummer. So in the meantime, Gina, what are you going to be doing in the coming week or so? Till we so, chat again. So I'm working on a, uh, a couple of personal projects at the moment, Val, some big stuff, and I've got some shoots coming up. So it's mm. all very exciting. So hopefully I'll be able to share some more stuff down the track. The uh, weather in Melbourne has, even though it's uh, really cold, uh, Mm. because we're in the middle of winter, sort of the angle of the sun, you get these like amazing crisp blue sky days. The cloud porn is exceptional. (laughs) at the moment so Mm -hmm. I am constantly looking up nearly driving off the road you can see me wandering around the streets looking (laughs) up going oh my god look at the clouds today and trying to like whoever's standing next to me well I'll just go have you seen the clouds today some people are with me (laughs) some people think just step away from the lady step away crazy lady so and the other thing I'm trying to do Val is I'm looking for warmer uh riding gear so I can get back on Stella because my uh my gear is not warm enough it's it's too cold. So Gina's referring to her scooter. Yeah so I want to be able to ride because it's beautiful 
in the daytime, it's sunny, but it's cold. So right. I, I've but just been researching. Um, Don't you just go to the shop and buy some warm yeah, riding Yeah, but I just want to get the particular, like a good one. So it's got to protect me and keep me warm. And it'd be just lovely to just have like a, a little sauna suit that I could just wear that would right. like, you know. Or the other option is you just get in the car, but it's not the same, Val. It's not the same as being on Stella. So I kind of okay. miss it at the moment. So that's uh, me. What about you? Mm. Oh, gosh. What about me? I'm launching a book this week, so I will be preparing for that. So that should be a lot of fun. Um, uh, right, um, launching a book um, by someone I know. And um, what else am I doing? Goodness me. Just I've got this to-do list that is a bit excessive and I need to basically get it done. And... Yeah. Oh, yes, I need to, now that I have a stockist, I actually have to produce a stockist for oh, my yes, road art. Yes, yes. I actually need to produce different things at different price points. Oh. Yes, oh. to see whether which ones are popular and to see whether I like doing that, you know, that price point. So oh. that's an interesting that's going oh, to be so going to make exercise. green catches, Val. Is that the lowest no, price point for the crowd, You would no, you would not be making green catches. catches. How dare I even suggest that? No. I what about those things art. that I wear? Those little macrame necklaces. They're pretty cool. No, Why Gina. Don't you make those? No, I don't do that. Very good birthday present for me. Okay, I'll make one for you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Just putting it out there, Val. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so that's going to be interesting because I have to work out, you know, what size and yeah. what's actually going to be commercially viable for me but also creatively satisfying. So Exactly. Yes. Well, that's exciting. Hmm, it is actually. I've never had to do that before for uh, for stuff I actually make. <laughs> Will there be a launch at the shop when you get your stuff in there or? No, I don't think no so. No fanfare or like you'll just quietly quite like celebrate that. at home? I'll put it on Instagram so yep. everyone can see on Instagram. Exciting. Speaking of which, where do we find you online, Gina? You can find me at Gina Militia. So that's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. I'm on Instagram and Twitter and Pinterest and YouTube. You can also find me in the podcast Facebook group. That's what's it called? So you want to be a photographer podcast, podcast community. So just search community. for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook and it's free to join. So just request to join and we would love to have you in there. And of course, if you want to find out more about Gina's gold community, then go to ginamilitia.com and click on join the community to find out more. It's an awesome community of people where Gina has um, regular monthly tutorials. As You can also upload your photos for Gina to photo critique and there are live monthly monthly masterminds where you get to Gina, ask Gina all of your questions. And also there are exclusive Lightroom presets that are only available to people in the gold community. And you get all sorts of goodies when you're in the gold community. So check it out. Um, in the meantime, you can also find me at ValerieKoo.com. Uh, that's K-H-O-O on Instagram, where I will let you know when my stuff is available in the <laughs> atelier. <laughs> and, um, and also on Twitter. And of course, I'm in the podcast group as well. So that brings us to the end of this week's episode. I can't 
pronounce my words properly. (laughs) Um, This week's episode, thanks so much for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.